Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis 26. I've been reading um, so far this year, been reading through uh, the Bible. Um, I usually do different types of reading schedules this year. I'm just going to go Genesis to Revelation. So I uh, finished up uh, Genesis this morning, the book of Genesis. It's an exciting book, isn't it? book of Genesis, man, it is uh, a lot of history covered, a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of exciting stories. Uh, a lot of a lot of doctrine laid out here in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. But uh, one of my favorite chapters, and I have quite a few actually in the book of Genesis, but uh, one of my favorite chapters is this chapter right here. Every time I read through, read, read over this chapter in Genesis, I, uh, I get a lot, of, a lot out of it. And uh, Genesis 26 is interesting for several reasons. Um, God is confirming the covenant uh, with Isaac that he had made with Abraham. And um, Isaac is coming into a career here that we find um, a career that was unexpected to Isaac. Uh, It was a career that he had not planned for necessarily and uh, was born of necessity. And as we look at this chapter, Genesis 26 and verse 1, we see that this story in Isaac's life begins with trouble. It begins with famine. Uh, There's a famine in the land, and so uh, Isaac has to travel in order to survive. And so uh, he travels into the land of Gerar as a sojourner, and uh, he gets there, and we let's pick up the story, verse 3. Um, God talking to Isaac, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, and my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So we begin to see God's promises here to Isaac, that even though his life has taken a turn, and his career is changing, and his place that he's living is changing, But God says, listen, Isaac, I will be with thee. And this is the most important thing in all of our lives. This is the most important thing. It's not what we do. It's not where we are. But it is God's presence in our lives. This is the most important thing is that we are in fellowship with God, the Creator. And by the way, He is, no matter where we go in this world, He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
It's not that God is not with us. Sometimes it's that we don't acknowledge His presence. That we don't just fellowship with Him and be still and know that I am God. Take the time to say, listen, God is with me in God's presence. And Isaac's story is, is not much different in the sense from many of our stories. It starts with um, some unexpected things, some unwanted circumstances in his life, such as this famine, such as this move. But we see here in verse 12, Genesis 26, 12, Then Isaac sowed in the land, and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. And so this place that he moved, this land of Gerar, this is the land of the Philistines. And with God's promise and with God's blessing and with God's presence in his life, Isaac, in a new place, after a year of famine, he goes right to work. And we see here Isaac's testimony of great blessing. This is the blessing of the Lord in Isaac's life. His first year here as a sojourner, his first year here in this land of Gerar, we see he has a hundredfold. A hundred times as much. A hundred times his return on investment in his first year here as a sojourner. That's great. I mean, that's great for anybody. That's a great year no matter what. When you have a hundredfold year, when you have a year of a hundred times the investment. But here's, here's the point that I think that we have to make on this is the principle of sowing here. You have to sow. You have to sow. The principle here is that Isaac sowed. He sowed even though he was in a new place. He sowed even though he was a sojourner in a new land. He sowed even though the last year was a famine. The year before was a loss, right? The year before was a loss, but yet he went to work and he sowed again in this new field. And here's what we can guarantee. That you'll never receive the hundredfold without the sowing. I mean, you don't know when you're going to receive the hundredfold. But you do know this, that you're not going to receive the hundredfold if you don't sow. you got to sow, right? Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, the Bible says, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He says, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then he gives us this little bit of tidbit information. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season 
we shall reap if we faint not. So the Bible's telling us, listen, just like Isaac received this hundredfold, just like Isaac received this, you know, bumper crop, this awesome year, I mean, a wonderful year of, of, of blessing from the Lord, he says you have to sow in order to reap. And don't be weary in well-doing. Continue to sow the seed. You say, last year was a famine. Last year was a disaster. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due seed, you say, listen, I've been putting a lot into my family. And it just doesn't seem like it's working out right now. Don't be weary in well-doing. For a new season, you shall reap. You just never know when that hundredfold year is going to come along with your family. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about spiritually here. I'm talking about some spiritual fruit, right? I'm talking about seeing some great things happen spiritually all of a sudden, out of nowhere. You know what? Sometimes we get impatient. We're not, we're not, we're talking about spiritual growth. We're not talking about grass growing here. We're talking about trees. That takes time. You know what it does? You know what you gotta have? You gotta have faith. That when you put the seed in the ground, faith sees the tree. When you put the seed in the ground, your faith sees the tree. Be not weary in well-doing for due season. Man, Isaac has a bad year. He has to leave. It's like starting over. But he goes back to work. He puts the seed in the ground. And God says, I'm going to bless that, Isaac. I'm going to bless you, Isaac. And boom, here comes this wonderful, wonderful, fruitful year. He says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap. You know, to sow is to scatter. It's to spread. A sower, a sower is one who scatters, spreads. <coughs> you look this up in the dictionary. It's also called a promoter. The Bible likens the seed. Jesus does in the parable of the seed and the sower. He likens the seed to the what? The Word of God, right? And so the Word of God, we're the sowers, we're the promoters, we're promoting the Word of God. We went to India, and it's so, it's so refreshing in one sense, sad in one sense, but refreshing in one sense, to go into an area like Sri Lanka and there's just no Christian influence. Sad, but in one sense it's interesting because you, you learn quickly to major on the majors. What's important? And so what, what you decide to promote, you got two days here in a village that the people have never heard about Jesus Christ, what do you talk about? You talk about what's important, right? Salvation, Jesus Christ, you know, the Word of God being, being our, our compass and our guide and the truth and the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the power unto salvation. And we go in and we promote Jesus Christ. We promote Him. And uh, it works. Amen. Unbelievably, I mean, it's absolutely miraculous what God can do because this is not, it is clearly not a work of man when God establishes a church in two days. It is not, you couldn't plan, you couldn't, we could, we could sit here from now till three years, get the best heads together and plan this out, and we couldn't plan it out. 
It's not something that you can plan out. It's not something that you can... It's a work of God. It's something that's supernatural that happens, but it comes by planting the seed. And God brings the increase. God brings the blessing. God brings it about. The Proverbs says this in chapter 11, There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than his meat, and it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat. There's some things that we should be liberal about. Spreading the seed, getting it out there. And he that watereth, it shall be watered also himself. There's the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to go back to Genesis 26, so keep your finger there. But in 2 Corinthians, I want to look at this law of sowing and reaping. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians 9, begin with me in verse, verse 6. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able... To make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I like how he, he uses that word abound, abound in this passage. Verse 10, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both ministereth bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this serveth not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. So he says here, by this sowing, by this giving, the needs are met, the grace of God is able to abound in our lives and ultimately... Through it all, God gets the praise and glory and thanks, and this brings about a fruitfulness. In Luke 6, verse 38, he says this, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The principle here is, you have to sow to reap. You have to sow to reap. Sow the gospel. Sow into people's lives. Sow into our family. Sow into our church. Sow into the things that God is doing. And what what we then do is we expect and wait upon the Lord for Him to bring the hundredfold increase. It's easy to look at Isaac here and say, Wow! Man, Isaac, my goodness, he's a blessed man. He had a hundredfold year. But before we have a hundredfold year, we have to what? So, I want to keep bringing this back around to the 
the practical point of sowing. Here's our formula for success. We sow, God blesses. I mean, ultimately, it's up to God to bring, the, bring forth the fruit. It's all, ultimately, it's God that does all those things. But our, poor, our part is to sow. Our part is to sow. Now, <coughs> Isaac, as he's blessed, he keeps track of his success. He says, a hundredfold. After a year like this, for Isaac, what could go wrong? Right? After a year like a hundredfold, what could go wrong? Well, the first thing that goes wrong, you see right there in the passage, is that the Philistines, the people in whose land he was in, they became envious of it. Isn't that interesting? Now, he didn't take anything from them, right? He goes in, must have rented the land or did something like that. He plants his own seed down in the ground, and he, he's the one that gets the bumper crop. He didn't take anything from them, but yet they become envious. By the way, don't be surprised if when God blesses you, if when God brings the blessing about and the fruitfulness in your life, that people become envious of you. It's just, it's just something that happens. As God blesses, uh, but let me just say this. I don't know that there's much that you can do about that other than keep your own heart right. But here's what we can do. Let's not be that person. Make up our mind that says, listen, when I look around and God's blessing somebody else, they're having their hundredfold year. Uh, Lord, keep my heart right. Lord, help me not be like the Philistines and begin to envy those that you're blessing. Uh, help me to keep my heart right. Look at this. You're in, go back to Genesis 26. Genesis 26. <coughs> It says, verse 14 at the bottom there. So he's growing. He's becoming great. He went forward. After a bad year, after a year of famine, he goes forward. By the way, if you've had a bad year, if you've had bad times in your life, you know the best thing to do? Go forward. You know, just go forward. You say, I, I can't move. Just <laughs> say, God, help me. Go forward. God, pick me up. Help me go forward. I, I, we don't have any other options. Go forward. And he grew and became very great. Look at verse 14. For he had possession and flocks um, and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. So he's growing. His possessions are growing. His flocks are growing, right? His herds are growing. His employees are growing. Again, what could go wrong? Right? This is where Isaac's career begins to change. He didn't expect that one day he was going to become a well digger. But when you're in the middle of the desert, and you got a lot of flocks, and you got a lot of herds, and you got a lot of servants, you know what you need? Water. And now, here Isaac is as a very blessed man, a very great man, the Bible says, but yet he's in desperate need of water. And so these Philistines that envied him, they hit him right where it hurts. Isn't that how it happens sometimes? I mean, they hit him right where it hurts, and the Bible says that they started stopping up his wells, which is just crazy, because it ultimately it hurts them the same if they're going around stopping up their wells. They're going to need water too. 
But they go and the Bible says that they started stopping up his wells in verse 15. And so Isaac goes forward and begins to dig up, starts digging wells. Look at verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. And the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing (coughs) water. A wellspring of water. A wellspring of water. Isn't that wonderful when you find a wellspring of water? That's what what we've been doing these last two uh, weeks is we've been digging wells. We went into some of the driest areas of the world and and dug some wells. So that... uh, Right outside Jeffness, Sri Lanka, on a Sunday morning, you can go get a fresh drink of water uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the middle of South India, in a desert area, there's two well springs that have been dug um, in, in, in India. And there's a well uh, over in Chennai that's been dug. And, you know, you just dig these wells and see what God does. And you know what happens when you go back? There's life around the well. It's amazing. There's life around the world. Before long, you go back and it's just amazing how natural it seems, you know, it almost seems like we do way too much planning and puts too much work into things because you go over there and see how well things flourish just around the well. You say, well, that, is that all they had to do is dig one well and now they're up and running? No. As you read down through and for the sake of time, I won't read. But in verse 20, they come and they, 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 they fill that well. Verse 21, they dig more and they steal those wells and they fill those wells. Verse 22, they dig more wells. I mean, do you know how hard it would be to dig a well in the desert? I mean, I, I've never done it, obviously. I saw, there's some wells out there that's pretty interesting. Some wells out there in the Indian where they dug them down, way down deep by hand to dig these wells and how hard it would be to dig this well and get down there deep and hit the rock and get the water flowing just to have the Philistines come in and then fill your well. And this happened over and over and over. And I used to dig a well and they'd come in and they'd plug the well and they'd move and they'd dig a well and they'd come in and they'd plug the well. This happened like four times or five times as you read down through this passage. And Isaac would go and dig another well, and they would come and steal the well. After a while, you'd think, I'm just getting out of the business. I'm getting rid of my herds. I'm getting rid of my sheep. I'm getting rid of my servant. I can't keep the water. But Isaac kept digging wells. He kept digging wells. Sometimes in our lives, you say, seems like everything I do just keeps getting filled up. It just keeps getting plugged up. It just keeps getting stocked up. The only thing I can say here is be like Isaac. And keep going and keep digging wells. Keep digging those wells. Why? Because those wells are worth it. Those wells are worth it. You see, eventually, look at verse 32 and 33. Eventually. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which he had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Finally, 
He found water. Finally, in Isaac's life, they found some rest. Now they could stay there and be fruitful. Listen, wells are important. Wells are important. (coughs) They're worth digging. Don't be weary in well digging. Don't be weary in well doing. You know, in in our lives, we need to dig some wells. We need to find some areas where we go and do the hard work. Boy, the hard work up front of digging a well. Again, I can't understand how much work it would be up front to dig the well. But once the well is dug, think of how, how many people can come by and be refreshed over years. Years to come. It's worth the hard work of saying, I'm going to dig that well in my family. Amen. I'm going to dig that well in my church. I'm going to dig that well in my community. I'm going to dig that well at my workplace. I'm just going to keep digging in the dry dirt until finally I get to the rock. The rock, Jesus Christ. And when I hit that rock, Jesus Christ, you just let the water flow. And before long, you know, people will come. People will come. When they get refreshed, when they find something that's real, when they find something that quenches the thirst that only Jesus Christ can quench, I think of the story of Jesus in John chapter 4, verse 14. He says, The water to the woman at the well, the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. You know where Jesus was at when he said that to her? He was at Jacob's well. Jacob's, Jacob had dug that well there. And Jesus was sitting there. That this woman was sitting there some 15 to 1800 years before. Now, there was a city around there. Jacob could have never imagined when he dug a well out there in the desert that one day that there would be a whole city, Samaria, built around that well. And that Jesus Christ his descendant would come and sit at that well and to lead this lady himself and tell her of the water of life that would be springing up. Listen, the Bible says, drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. You know what's worthwhile? It's digging our own well. Digging our own well. It's wonderful to drink out of someone else's well. It's wonderful to come in and find refreshing when you need it. But sometime in our Christian life, we've got to say, you know what? My family needs a well. My community needs a well. I've got to start a prayer life. I'm telling you, a prayer life's a well. I've got to start my own personal Bible study. Jesus said, the words that I give thee, they are spirit and they are life. You say, I want to affect the generation. I want to affect my children. I want to affect the children after me. I want to have a legacy. Uh, how can I do that? I think one of the ways to do it is to have a prayer life. That's a well. It may be dry digging for a long time. A prayer life can be dry digging for a long time. But eventually, you'll see, start seeing some water. Some water starts bubbling up. Your own Bible study can be a dry digging for a long time. Sometimes it is. It's just work. Sometimes it's hard against the flesh. Before, a lot, before long, some water will start bubbling up. 
And once the water starts bubbling up, look out. Because it's just a matter of time before the light shows up. These wells are worthy, worthy to dig. They're worth doing. You know what our plan is for 2018? Digging some wells. You say, what are you guys, what are you guys doing out there at, uh, at the chapel? We're just well diggers. That's all we are. We're just diggers. We're just going to dig down in the dirt, and just get down low, humble ourselves before God, and do the work that needs done. We're going to put our hands to the work and say, God, if you'd have us build a church, we'll do the work. God, if you'll have us build a church over there on 73, we'll dig. We'll just dig until we hit the rock and then hope for the water. Amen? What else can we do? I mean, what else can we do? When it comes to India, we're going to dig. Dig wells. Plant a well here. Plant a well there. Here a well. There a well. I don't care. We're, next next Sunday, uh, I'll be in, in Mexico. This is, I'm not doing a lot of traveling this year. This all in January. But uh, Chad will be preaching here next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'll be in Wellspring in Mexico. Amen. We'll be celebrating Jose's 37 years as a missionary there. 37 years. And we'll be able to go over and visit the Wellspring that was built this last year, 2017. You say, what's that? It's digging a well. It's digging a well. We put some money there. We put some prayer there. We put a little bit of work there. And before long... We've already seen baptisms of 15 or more people in 2017. You know what that is? That's a well. We want to be a wellspring. When we started this church, we said, God, help us be a wellspring. And from here, we can refresh those that are thirsty around the world. But you know what we need? We need more volunteers to dig wells. More volunteers to dig wells. You say, what's that mean? Get on our knees. You say, how are we going to dig wells? Prayer. Digging into the Word of God. Rooted and grounded in the Word of God. If the life comes from the Word. The life comes from God. The water comes from within. The refreshing comes from God. And so will we say, God, turn me into a well digger. God, turn me into a well digger so that I can start digging down deep. And the water, your water, the water refreshing of your word could start bubbling up. And before long, people from around can find a drink of water. I want to give you one last verse as we pray. Isaiah 12, verse 3. He says this, Therefore with joy shall we draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Amen. Therefore, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Thank God for salvation. Amen. Thank God for the water of the well of salvation. Thank God that He has given us His Word and given us the truth of His Word. It's such a blessing to us. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, as we come here this morning and as we begin 2018, Lord, I pray that You would help us strengthen our hands to work. Uh, Lord, give us the, give us the mind uh, to dig these wells. God, I pray that each one of us as a family, each one of us as a person, 
would go home to our place and say, right here and now, this is where I'm going to dig my well. God, this is going to be my place of prayer. God, this is where I'm going to seek you. God, this is where you and I are going to fellowship on a daily basis. And God, I'm going to take your word and I'm going to seek you in it. I'm going to dig down deep. God, I'm going to have roots planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Lord, help us. Help us to do the hard work of digging down deep. And Lord, no matter how dry it gets out there in the world, our souls can be refreshed from your living water. And not only ours, but our family and our friends, our community, and many, many others, God, can be refreshed because of your well of salvation which you've given us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.